Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Blue Surge Podcast. It is Mike and Joe and Craig. We are coming to you on May 8th. It is a Monday, which is rare for us. We typically typically do not record on Mondays. We are a big Tuesday evening type recording show. That being said, we have a very busy schedule this week, so it's not necessarily that shocking. Sometimes we just got to move it up. Here we are. How are you doing on this Monday, Joe? I just finished a long week, week and a half. I had a lot of music stuff that I became the local rep for our group. So that means I had to organize a lot of things, but a lot of the higher ups didn't really tell me what to do. So until one day they said, hey, what's the status on these things? And I said, I'll let you know tomorrow. So I did a lot of running around, hectic, and now things are settling down, and I have body aches. There you go. You don't realize how much you're moving around until you stop moving sometimes. Yeah. So I've been gingerly moving all day long. You sound more energetic than you typically do. Yeah, I... Energy wise, like in terms of like restfulness of sleep, I guess, like I've I'm actually pretty decent. Uh, it's just I've been dealing with this pain. That's fair. Yeah, I mean. And let's be honest, recording on an evening where you have no work the next day is a lot different than recording an evening when you know you have work the next day. Yeah. So that so that's probably because I've got a class after this and then after that and I can just relax. Yeah, that's that's always good. Good, I'm glad to hear. Like I said, it's not typical we record on Monday, but we were weighing our options this week and when we could kind of link up and do this. And truthfully, there is plenty of content to talk about. So I really don't... I don't think there's too much of an issue uh, recording today. So we're going to start with what happened over the weekend, which was we had a couple regionals. Uh, we had a regional in Sao Paulo that... You know, I, I didn't keep too many tabs on. Uh, and then we had Portland, which I was able to kind of jump in and out of throughout the day. It's it's tough. I've just realized I don't... I almost feel like I don't need to start watching a regional until like round seven or eight. I mean, you see some... Sometimes you see some good early rounds, but obviously a lot of the movement happens around seven, eight and onwards. We will start with Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo... The top eight went as follows. In eighth place, we had Lost Stone. In seventh place, we had Mew. Another lost in sixth, Arceus Giratina, which we did see, I don't want to say quite a bit of, but we saw enough of in Portland. So Arceus Giratina. Fourth place, we had Lugia. Third place, we had Guardi. Second was Mew, which lost to another Lost Box variant. When looking at it, this is the common variance again that I saw at Portland as well. The typical lost box build with the inclusion of Dragonite V, which I feel like is more and more being shown just because of the raw numbers that it can hit. Not a whole lot past that when you look at the Mew list. It it, it plays like you have like the one of Dreepy. Which is interesting that we really do start to see these Pokemon that prevent retreating in the game because certain variants aren't playing a whole lot of switching cards. And then Pidgeot V as well. Um, I, I guess you can call them text, but they're things that we've seen before, right? 
Uh, yeah, like generally, yeah. Yeah, I I I like Pidgeot V, but it's not anything super crazy. Same with Dreepy, Dreepy, Mawile. Those are treat cards. We we've seen plenty enough. In Portland, we have our top eight here. In eighth place, we had a Arceus Duraludon. In seventh place, and honestly, I thought I had a chance to jump into the top four. I just didn't pull through. Uh, Maridon Flaffy. Uh, Anthony Perez, it was it was going pretty hot for a while, and then it kind of petered out at the end. Sixth place was Austin Drake with Mew VMAX. Fifth place, would have loved to see him in the finals again. Alex Shemansky playing Lost Box, so good for him for kind of being able to show up with a different deck archetype than what he was successful with. Not that much past his EUIC win, and still perform really well. So I think that's pretty good. Even though Lost Box is what I believe is the best deck of the format, it's still impressive to show up with a completely different deck. Fourth place and third place were also Lost Box. In second place, we had Lugia Archaeops. And then taking first, the variant I was talking about a few minutes ago, Arceus Giratina V-Star. This, essentially, it played a similar support line that Piggies runs because it played Squovet. So you have the Squobat the barrel combination. Well, that just always makes sense. It does. Like when you look at it, you're like, okay, maximize the barrel, obviously. Well, especially yeah. if you if you have an attack that relies on pulling things out of the deck, like uh uh Arceus, right, for energy. And uh in the Lugia, right? You have all these special energies in your hands, well vetting them back into your deck is an option. You know, I've never seen Lugia run Squovet. They should. I know I know this one played Urshifu VMAX single strike. So sometimes you see him more heavy on the T-Tar. This one included uh, single strike Urshifu. The Giratina Arceus list, it also just makes sense. I mean... I believe this is the best combination in the card game right now. The following sequences. Pass to the peak, judge, squovet, the barrel. Like that sequence right there is probably the strongest in the card game in terms of just combos that don't inflict damage. I, I mean, would you, I feel like, would you agree with that or disagree with that? I feel like that's like, we've had like Marshadow red card, like we've had these combos in the game. Whether it's draw, disruption, whatever, I, I think Path Judge Squovet the Barrel is probably some of the strongest we've seen in a while. It's a it's a very comfortable setup for someone who's playing it. Super comfortable. Uh, you you just reduce your opponent to a simple game. If I attack you, you attack me. Yeah, and and you know you could judge yourself into a bad hand and then squovet and uh, biberel and industrious incisors and all of a sudden you've just refreshed something that that wasn't going to work yeah you add that on top of starbirth and trinity nova mm-hmm. and and clearly clearly this is a strong strong combination what's funny is it played a pair of gloves yeah it's the it's the gloves are to uh, hit, I believe, um, the uh, Guardian matchup. Well, yeah, it hits it hits it hits a uh, three ten with lost impact. Mm-hmm. 
So you you not only one shot Guardy, but you also one shot Mew. Yes. So that's a huge, 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 huge boost. So um, I like this. I like this deck list a lot. I think it's solid. I think it's reliable. And I just, you know, you look at a list and you're like, this seems like a very comfy, effective list, and I that's just how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I watched finals. I didn't think of anything crazy while watching it, um, but I, I can't say I was disappointed. I mean, I feel like. Arceus Giratina is not something we're seeing up at the top a ton. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I thought it was built well. I don't know. I, I, what do you have to say about it? I just thought it was a solid deck. Yeah, I, I've got no complaints about it. It's, it's pretty straightforward, pretty simple in my eyes. Uh, so I, I got no problems against it. Like, nothing against it at all. So I don't feel it's super oppressive. Any comments or, or takeaways from the events as a whole? I know you didn't watch a ton, but you got to watch the back end of it. Um, there was a lot more Lugia than I thought there would be, in my opinion. Um, I didn't pay attention more to the Japanese tournament than I did for uh, Portland, just because I'm always interested to see what's up ahead. Um, why don't you share some of your thoughts on that, then? Yeah, so Mew, Mew and Giratina were very popular again. Uh, where is this list here? Uh, but strangely enough, Guardi won this one too. Guardi was everywhere as well. Uh, the cool thing I got to see though was Karaidon Ting Lu uh, deck on stream. So that was really fun to watch and see how it actually moves around. And I, depending on the price of the deck, I in what I pull from this set, I might consider just building it because it's shouldn't be super expensive. It's pretty, to me, interesting. Where uh, it utilizes your Karaidon to accelerate energies, uh, the rock of the squawk abilities, the Tinglu, and then you're utilizing Halucha um, for the pings to to. Uh, uh, shut off your opponent's abilities that are not EXs. Do you I, believe it's strong enough to break the mold in this meta? Um, it. I don't know because the next set will have obviously more EXs, but the things that are important, the things that it can shut down is your coffees. It can shut down your crams. Um... It can shut down uh, your back scalloper once that comes out. So it there's definitely a time and place for it, and it really depends on how much single prizes are being used for utility in terms of ability usage for support. That's fair, but at least it's exciting enough to be like, oh, this is this is a thing that could happen. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's cool. And that's always something we want to see. Yeah, I think I think that'd be awesome. Any other big takeaways? I mean, it seems like Guardi is still going to be going strong for a while. Yeah, I just found it fascinating that Guardi didn't make top eight in Portland. Yeah, it it really got bounced. Like there was a like, decent amount of it, but it got it pretty much all got bounced. Yeah, because every single like other tournament had Guardi in it, except for Portland. I think. I don't know. I'm not an expert on how metas are shaped in different regions of the world. 
But I feel like I feel like especially in NA, metas are very like aggressively reactive. And whether it was the lost box changes or the amount of Drapion, something there was clearly some big switch to to taking on Gardevoir. Or maybe they all just ran cold. I don't really know, but it, it is interesting. I don't it's definitely not gonna go away, but kinda like we've seen with Lugia and other things, you can counter it, which is probably where we wanna be, all things all things being said. Mm-hmm. Any other comments on the events? No. Cool. Before we go into the new cards, we do want to announce that officially, officially, when this goes live in one, two, three, a little over three weeks, PTCGO will officially go offline. Uh, this was announced. I see it on Poke Beach. You see it uh, in a letter via uh, the Pokemon Trading Card Game Development Team that they are fully going forward with. PTCGL and PTCGO will 100% be shutting down the beginning of June. There's not really much to say beyond it, but we do now know that it is officially gone and the live client will be officially, quote-unquote, out of its beta stage. Any comments about PTCGO? Do you miss it? Bye. See you later. I don't know everybody. Why, I don't. I don't understand why everybody loved PTCG over PTCG Live. Change. I haven't had. I have really haven't had any significant issues with PTCG Live. And we've played it enough. We played a. We beat, we've finished the battle pass four weeks early. Yeah, we've been grinding stuff on there, so it's. Yeah, I agree. I. I, I I think change. I think I had one small glitch, but it never happened again. The only glitch I had happened with Guardi, and it only happened when your opponent forfeited, so it didn't even matter. So I, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm fully all for it. PTCGO, you were, you were great when we needed you, and now it's time to move on to something better. So that's Way cool. Better. And now we have new cards to talk about. First on the list, we have some cards from the Pokemon 151 set coming out in Japan, as we've been talking about. First up is a stadium, Cycling Road. Once during each player's turn, that player may discard a basic energy card. If they do, draw a card. Uh, I mean, it has to be an energy. We have a lot of cards in the format that can do this, whether it's Curlia, Radiant Greninja, um... Really, any refinement type card, any trading card. What are your thoughts on Cycling Road? Just, it's a mid ground stadium, yeah. Yeah, uh, it it's fine, especially if you need cards in the discard pile, like great Guardy. Yeah, it's great for Guardy. It's, I mean, like other than Gardevoir, it's okay. Um, I don't think what else would benefit from it. Any any Melanie engine. Melanie Engine, yeah. Um, well, that's what I mean. I think it helps like Palkia and Gardevoir. Yeah, for right now, yeah. That's all I can really think of. Maybe like Darkrai? It's good for Darkrai. Yeah. I don't know Def- if it pushes you over the edge, but it's good for Darkrai. 
Yeah. Uh, it really, I think this would be a lot better personally than Pokestop from Pokestop because you just always feel awful when you discard a Pokemon that you need or supporter that you need. Yeah. In this situation, although you're not milling it- or going through as many cards, you're still, you're getting rid of a resource you intentionally choose to get rid of and mm-hmm. you're drawing a card. Honestly, I, I I probably will make that switch whenever it comes out because I, I, yeah. I I'm I that's my problem with Darkrai is I can go through the deck. It's just sometimes I lose the resources I need on the Pokestop. Which happens to be a lot of the time. Yes. So that's a bummer. But yeah, I think Cycling Road is great for Guardi, great for Darkrai, great for Palkia. Outside of that, it's just kind of there. Next up, we have the Victory Bell line. Victory Bell is a stage two. The previous Bellsprout and Weeping Bell don't do a whole lot. For one grass, spit out 50 damage. For one grass and a colorless, delayed acid. Uh, Victory Bell does 120, and at the end of your opponent's turn, put 12 damage counters on the defending Pokemon. Weak to fire and a retreat of three. That is such a weird attack. So 240 damage? If they stay in the active. Mm-hmm. I mean... <clears throat> it's gotta be... Again, it's gotta be strong for GLC. Yeah. There's not Very a lot strange. of switching going on. An interesting 150 HP, too. Yeah, it, it's... Victory Bill's in a cool spot for Grass GLC. Outside of that... It's a victory bell. We also have Tangela. Tangela has 80 HP. It is a basic. No Tangrowth because this is Gen 1. One grass energy. Winding. Winding. Winding manners. 10 damage plus 60 if you played Erica's Invitation from your hand during this turn. Uh, if you don't remember, Erica's Invitation, I, I, I'm going to pull it up again. It was awful. It was pretty bad. From what I remember, let me pull it up here. Your opponent reveals their hand, chooses a basic, and put it under their bench. Yeah, pretty terrible. So, Tangela, you are also terrible. Moving on, we have Aerodactyl, the fossil that we knew was missing. It does come with its own fossil, similar to what we know will happen with Omastar and Kabutops. Old Amber Fossil has 60 HP, has the same effects that any fossil item would have, uh, and has the ability Amber Protection. Prevent all effects of your opponent's abilities done to this Pokemon. I don't really know where that factors in. Still gets hit by Sableye, right? The only way it could be protected is if it was effects of your opponent's attacks, correct? Yes, this is abilities. That would that would protect So, it. like Meowskarada. Yes. So I guess that doesn't do much. But Aerodactyl, stage 130 HP. For one, colorless glide for 30. For two, colorless degeneration arc. 100 damage, and if your opponent's active is evolved, devolve it by putting the highest stage into your opponent's hand. It's weak to lightning, and has a retreat of zero. Uh, it's a fascinating Zoroark tech. Um, I've been dabbling in that again, and it's been going terribly, so Zoro's pretty bad right now. Um... I don't know. It's not it's not GLC worthy because the older one's better. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, it's here. But it's- you also bop for a hundred, and most of the stage ones are typically ninety to a hundred. I wonder how cheesy this card can actually get. That's going to be the question. Because you're right. That'd be interesting. The prize trade would be weird. Because you're removing the multi-prize off of things. I don't know. I nah, Maybe you could cheese around with this and just have some fun. Dude, I, side note, Zoro is so bad right now. And do you want to know why it's so bad? Bad Zoro? Nope. Honestly, it run fine just with the cards it has at its disposal. It even has more tools that it can use now. It just lost one really, really important thing. Oh, the, the twin energy? Dude, not having twin energy is terrible. Yeah. Holy crap, is it bad. It's bad. It's like real bad. And when you discard a double... Uh, uh, a turbo energy, you're like, oh, well, uh, I lose. Yeah, it's bad. So, yeah, until even the recovery energy or the the counter energy won't even be that big of a deal. So maybe Zoro's just meh. Uh, but we move on. We have the Marowak line, and Cubone is relevant because Cubone has the ability Support Bone. The attacks of your Marowak do 30 more damage to the opponent's active. So that's the big thing about Cubone. Marowak, 120 HP stage one for one fighting energy bone throw. 30 to the active, 30 to one of your opponents benched. For one fighting and a colorless, boundless power, 120. And this Pokemon cannot attack next turn. Weak to grass and a retreat of two. It's a cool little tandem ability, but it's not really notable, is it? No, it's not. GLC, uh, at least the Cubone's not GLC worthy, right? Because you can't boost the Pokemon that you need to evolve. Right, so it's pretty much just whatever. I like Bone Throw. Bone Throw's okay. That's about it. Yeah, it's it's not a good card, but it's okay. It's great art. It is great art. I like the art. Yes, that's, you know what, shout outs to the art. Now we get to move into some multi-prize cards. They have revealed uh, a bunch of starter decks that will be coming out in Japan that will release in July, featuring a couple EXs. Um, so we're going to go through those, and then we will close out the show. First up is our Owl Boy Decidueye EX. Decidueye EX is a stage 2, 320 HP. For one grass, and a, or sorry, has the ability untethered. I should leave with that. Once during your turn, you may use this ability. If this Pokemon is on your bench, you may switch it with your active. If this Pokemon is in the active spot, you may switch it with one of your benched. So, once per turn, you have a switch. One way or another. As long as it involves Decidueye. For one grass on a colorless, Hunting Arrow 130, and you snipe the bench for 30 as well. Weak to fire and a retreat of 2. Now, these are starter deck cards, so we're not expecting anything crazy, but how do you feel about Decidueye? I wish it did 150. I do, too. But again, starter deck card. The theme of today will follow that. There's a lot of things on it's, here that are like cool, but... I think it's one of the better starter card, uh, starter deck cards available. I think this is going to be a theme for the whole list, but they just don't reach that mark. Like if it, if you're doing it for like a a starter deck type of thing, it's a nice way to introduce abilities with like different mechanics. 
They're right. not I, as straightforward. I think the list does a good job of that, but outside of it, I mean, we'll see. There's not not a whole lot to offer. There is a Arbeliva. It doesn't do anything, really. So we're gonna skip it. Victini EX, 190 HP basic for one fire strafe, 30 damage, and you may switch this with one of your benched Pokemon. Two fire and a colorless, victory flame, 220, and this Pokemon cannot attack next turn. It's weak to water and retreat a one. This is the classic starter deck card. Yep. Nothing more to say after that. It's just classic. Um, we have Chandelure, just a stage two baby line. Not a whole lot going on there. Um, we have a Lapras. It doesn't have Hydra Pump, so we move on. Uh, Greninja. Greninja EX. 300 HP, water stage two for one colorless stealthy shuriken. It's, a one, it's just a 40 snipe anywhere on the board. For two water energy, strong stream slash. 120, and if your opponent's active has any damage counters on it, it does 120 more. So that's pretty decent damage output. Weak to lightning and a retreat of one. This is probably the best one we've read so far. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. that's the like, why you're pretty good. This could be competitive. Um, all, all things, all things considered. Yeah, the 300 HP is tough. It is tough, but I mean, two water energy. I'd still probably rather play like Inteleon, Rapid Strike, and things like that, but. Oh yeah, I probably, but uh, but if you're looking for sniping and more damage based on sniping and moving around, it's just Mialskirata. It's just the worst Mialskirata. Yeah, and remember, Inteleon has the ability to snipe twenty on two different Pokemon. Yeah. So yeah, it's just outclassed. Maridon EX. This is not the one we know. Two hundred twenty HP Lightning Basic for one Lightning Energy. Quick draw twenty, draw two, and for three Lightning Energy, one fifty. Attach a basic lightning energy from your discard pile to one of your benched. Pretty bad attacks all around. The only notable part is it has zero retreat. Any comments on the boy here? No. I agree. Clefable EX. Stage 1. 260 HP. Has the ability Lunar Zone. Your Pokemon that have any psychic energy attached have no retreat cost. For 3 psychic energy... Moon Magic 170. Move any amount of psychic energy from your Pokemon to any of your other Pokemon in any way you like. We've seen this from cards like Guardi Sylvie Tag Team. That was a way better card than Clefable. I mean, it's just kind of there. Anything else? No, it's Clefable EX. Yeah. The next one is. Kind of interesting. Not, uh, no, it's not interesting enough. I wish I had more HP. Mawile, Psychic, 100 HP basic for one Psychic Energy, does 30 for each Psychic Energy attached to this Pokemon. I was wondering if you could do some cheeky guardy stuff with this as a single prized attacker. You can only hit, what, 90 damage? No. No, you can go up to 80 damage on it and you could attach. So for one Psychic, you could hit for 150. You you would attach and then accelerate four. Unless you set it up in other ways. But if you're talking no setup whatsoever, 150 is the max it could do. I don't know if that's good enough, but it's 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 at least like, oh, that's kind of okay. 
Would you rather play that or Driftloom? This. Okay. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm just sour on Driftloom. I like this better. Well, there is that basic charm, right? Where you can add more HP, the basic 50 HP, right? Yeah, so is it, it could... Is it it rule could box do... or no rule box in that card? Um, What's the card called again? I couldn't even tell you. It's coming out in Paldea Evolved. Uh, I don't know. It's not big charm because we've already had big charm. Yeah, it is plus fifty HP. So if you go plus fifty, you're talking two forty. That's big. Yeah, that's pretty. That's that. This might be a cool little card for Guardy. Look out for that one. Uh, next up, we have a Coridon. Two thirty HP, basic fighting type for one fighting energy, twenty damage, twenty to two of your opponents benched. One fighting and a colorless Gaia press for 230, and it does 30 to itself. Weak to Psychic and a retreat at two. Uh, similar to Maridon, not really great. Um, I'm trying to see what else here. We got Houndoom EX, 270 HP, stage one. Two Dark Energy, Wicked Claws, 90 damage. If the de defending Pokemon has a basic, it can't attack next turn. For three Dark, 220, and it does 30 to itself. This is a pretty terrible card. I don't know if you would agree. You don't know if I would agree? I assume you would agree. Yes. It's pretty bad. Um, and then finally, we have Melmetal EX. Melmetal EX has 300 HP. It's a stage one for one metal energy. Metal absorption. Search your deck for two metal energy cards and attach them to this Pokemon. And then for four colorless full metal knuckle, 90 plus 30 for each energy attached, or metal energy, I should say. It's just crappier Dialga. Yes. So, uh, looking back on this list, the redeemable cards, maybe Mawile, uh, Greninja, and Decidueye, basically, right? There really isn't much past that. Probably, but that's it's even a stretch. Yeah, I, I, a stretch indeed. Again, these are starter deck cards, so take it with a grain of salt. Before we head out of here, we do have a regional this weekend, or an SPE at least, uh, in Colombia, so we might have a smaller event to talk about. Uh, and then on May 20th, in two weeks, we have a bunch of stuff going on. We have Hartford, Malmo, an SPE in Brazil, or Argentina, I should say. So we got a lot going on in the next couple of weeks. But that wraps it up for today. Before we head out of here, Joe, is there anything you would like to add? Everybody have a good weekend. Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself, enjoy family and friends, enjoy Pokemon. Thank you for supporting the show as you do each and every week. And we will see you next time.